Could you be in a toxic relationship and not even see the signs? This is far more common than you think. Today on Tamar's Relationship Transformations, your host, author, and certified relationship coach, Tamar Neal, will expose the less talked about, but nonetheless, all important aspects of unhealthy and abusive relationships. You'll learn how to avoid being in one or how to get out of one. The opinions expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the host or the show. Now, here's Tamar Neal. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me. We are going to have another exciting episode of Tamar's Relationship Transformations. Well... Today, we are going to be breaking the silence of common. Now, notice I use the word common because I don't want anyone to think that we're talking about some relationships from Venus or Mars, Jupiter or anything like that. We're going to be talking about common, less talked about emotional abusive relationships because any time that you are being misused in a relationship, you are ultimately being abused. If you would like more clarity on it, simply Google the word abuse. It's misuse. So if you're in a relationship and you're suffering some emotional stuff, um, you weren't put here for that. That's not your purpose. So that would mean that you're being misused. If you're being threatened in your relationship in any form, um, you're being misused. That's, you weren't put here to be threatened or harmed in any way. Um, getting back to the, the show at hand, recent media exposure of a handful of high-profile celebrities and athletes have helped to break the silence of domestic violence. However, for many years, when I was a 911 operator, I had the opportunity to be a fly on the wall in countless households while emergency callers of every age, ethnic group, and social status fell victim to the most unimaginable, imaginable, I'm sorry, apologize y'all, physical and verbal abuse while these things were being inflicted on them by their loved ones while they were in the privacy of their homes. Well, at least they thought they were in the privacy because once you call 911, you're being recorded from the time you pick up until the time you hang up. So in some cases, the 911 operator may have to stay on the line. So, you know, they hear a lot of uh, things that go on in the privacy of homes until the uh, first responders arrive. But I want people to know with, with knowing that, with me saying that, please do not wait until you are left with no choice but to run to the phone to dial 911 or publicly be put on blast by media before you break the silence of domestic violence. And remember, you will never be able to change any relationship or situation if you refuse to acknowledge it. So acknowledging that you are in an abusive relationship is truly, it's the first step in breaking the silence. Now, according to the national statistics, 
every nine seconds in the United States, a woman is assaulted or beaten. One in seven women and one in 18 men have been stalked by a partner during their lifetime. Now, y'all ready for this? On a typical day, there are more than 20,000 phone calls placed to domestic violence hotlines nationwide. I said on a typical on a typical day, day, y'all, a day, 20,000 phone calls placed to domestic violence hotlines nationwide. Now, we're getting to this this breakup thing that we're talking about because that's what that this episode is going to be about. Why did he break up with me and many other things related to uh, relationships? But um, many of you are familiar what uh, what is called, or maybe many of you are not. It's called the vapors that follows the breakup of any relationship that was meaningful to you, regardless of how the relationship may have ended. And a lot of us, we, we see a lot of bad relationships or relationships that we feel um, are abusive or are not good for the person that is involved. We see that every day. I mean, not every day, but many of us have seen these relationships from the outside looking in. But when you are on the inside of one of those relationships, the perception is totally different. And that person, you know, so I, I ask that, you know, or I try to be sensitive to that person's, um, they've already been beat up enough, so they don't need you to beat them up. And you would have to be walking into their in their shoes to at least have any clue of what they are feeling. You know, I can remember, I always try to operate out of compassion, y'all. That's just part of uh, me being me. Uh I can remember a breakup that gave me a workout that Jenny Craig could have put on the market as a quick way to lose 20 pounds in just a few weeks, you know. Uh, However, sometimes we must admit we set ourselves up for a setback. Allow me to read to you a brief excerpt from my award-winning book, Venomous Relationships, and this is going to set the stage for the rest of the show and my guest, Mr. Bora M. Ricks. Okay, excerpt, the player from the Himalaya. Your girlfriend begs you to go to the club with her to celebrate your newfound freedom after a much-needed breakup. It actually took very little convincing, although there was something inside of you that said, stay home. Something outside of you asked, what are you staying home for? It is a hot summer night and you're looking even hotter wearing the little black dress that you brought after you realized that somehow you shed 25 pounds effortlessly after going through your most recent stressful relationship when Jenny Craig a protein diet, meal replacement shakes, gym memberships, and countless diet pills fail miserable, miserably at getting rid of them. So you go to the club with absolutely zero expectations of meeting anyone, planning perhaps to share a drink or two with your friends and perhaps have some girl talk. Then he walks over and introduces himself. 
you end up having the time of your life, the time that you have been waiting for your ex to show you for the last seven years of your life together. This person offers to buy you a drink and is very friendly. He knows just what to say and exactly how to say it. And he's well built too. Although you have met countless men of his demeanor, this time it's different. Gorgeous George has a magnetism about him that after a few drinks makes what was for what first appeared a dim, dreary place into a romantic oasis. Shortly afterwards, it seems that all of your dreams might be coming true. Needless to say, like so many other women, you know you have had your fair share of one-night stands, booty calls, baby daddies, and deadbeat dads. But although you know all the tricks, you still look for treats. So when the club closes, like Cinderella leaving the ball, you dismiss the girlfriends that you rode to the club with, mesmerized by the guy's immaculate car, also known as the chick magnet. You proudly get in as if you just won a prize and proceed to give directions to your place, like a sheep following a shepherd to the slaughter. Like numerous times before, your gut is talking, but your brain isn't listening. At some point, you even think that you can make this person fall in love with you by being seductively submissive. So you allow your panties to hit the floor before the first date is over. Last night was great. This morning, he appears to be in a hurry. So, like a doctor going to deliver a baby, this once passionate gentleman rushes out of your life without a kiss goodbye or a glance back. Almost immediately, you feel played. But how could this be possible when you were such a willing participant? So you spend the day on the telephone with your girlfriend that you dismissed, talking about the great time that you had last night. Finally, you decide to call him and notice that your calls go straight to a voicemail system that's not set up yet. Days go by without a phone call from him and the telephone number that he gave you apparently isn't working. Concerned about his well-being and having no other contact information for him, you venture back to the killing grounds, the club where you met him, hoping to see him. And you do. There he is, looking just as charismatic as he did on the day that you met. Only he's not alone. And he treats you like a stalker invading his territory. Now let's talk. Your stock fell when your panties hit the floor on the first date. Don't expect this guy to see you as someone he's going to take home to meet his mother. You set the stage made him the superstar, and you played the role of an extra. The player from the Himalaya feels that you have had your one minute of fame, and he has moved on to the next audition. There's only one person that this guy allows himself to have any genuine feelings for, and he visits that person regularly when he looks in the mirror. 
So I'm saying that. That's the end of that excerpt. If you're just joining me, you just missed an excerpt from my book, Venomous Relationships. However, this award-winning book, Venomous Relationships, is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and most online bookstores. I will give you fair warning that I like to give it to you straight with no chaser because I am a firm believer that when you're involved in a toxic relationship, you need a girlfriend chat and a coffee shop, not jogging. We are going to take a quick commercial break, and when we return, author Deborah M. Ricks will join us to tell us how to break the silence of of how to break the silence that many people fall victim to in emotionally abusive relationships and breakups on a regular basis, yet do not know how to cope with the loneliness that follows a breakup. We'll be right back. We're going to take this pause for the cause, and we will be right back. Don't go nowhere now, you hear? This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. For many years, while employed as a Baltimore County 911 operator, Tamar Neal found herself as the only help available for the caller on the other end of the line. While people experienced life-changing emergencies until the first responders arrived, she received a national diploma in emergency medical dispatch and became a certified relationship expert and multi-award winning author. Her articles have appeared in respected magazines and newspapers, and she's been interviewed by national and local media outlets. Visit TamarNeal.com to purchase her books, find out where she is appearing next, and take advantage of a valuable free gift. Tamar is also available for public speaking and life coaching. You can also receive signed copies of Tamar's books that are available only at the website. Visit T-A-M-A-R-A-Neal.com for more information or call directly at 888-503-1575. Tamar Neal's books are also available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and most bookstores. That's TamarNeal.com or call 888-503-1575. Build a better business, achieve that goal, make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to Tomorrow's Relationship Transformations. To reach Tamar Neal or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to relationships at tamarneal.com. That's T-A-M-A-R-A-Neal.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back, everyone. We are getting ready for our for our guest, Mr. Bora M. Ricks. But before I bring her on, I just want you guys to keep in mind that um, it takes time to heal. And in order to heal, we will have to feel. So you are going to have to feel some things. And to receive the full benefits of this broad, of this interview, you will need a mirror. And you're going to need time to take a look at that person in the mirror. Oh, also, we are also going to be opening up the phone lines for any questions that you would like to ask by calling 
4-1. Deborah Ricks, who is a self-love coach. She's a book midwife, editor, and author of three books. Okay, allow me to introduce her. She walked away from the practice of law to write her first book, Love Addicted, One Woman's Spiritual Journey Through Emotional Dependency. Without further ado, let us give a warm welcome to Ms. Deborah M. Ricks. Hi, Deborah. Welcome. Hi, Tamara. Thank how, you. How are you today? I am excellent. That's I great. am excellent. Great. Deborah, let's get right into it. You are the author of the book, Why Did He Break Up With Me? Now, I read this book from cover to cover over and, you know, I did it over an extended period of time because I wanted to take time to digest it. It's one of those books. I loved it. Tell us why did you write it and why did he break up with you? You're the total package. Why did he break up with you and why did you write it? I wrote the book because I was talking to a, a sister friend on the telephone. It was uh, in the winter, uh, January of one year. I can't remember the year at the moment. And uh, she was telling me how she had uh, been seeing a guy and she thought things were going very well and he just, poof, disappeared. Hmm. And so she had made a decision that year, it was the first of the year, that she would take one risk a day. And so she happened to be out and she saw him in the mall and... That was her risk, to go to him and ask him, why, you know, why did you disappear? What happened? I thought things were going great. And she did. She asked him, and (laughs) he told her. Why? She had lost a lot of weight, maybe 60 to 80 pounds. And he told her that he couldn't stomach the loose skin. Oh, my goodness. Seeing her. And, of course, it was challenging for her to hear that. And I was seeing someone, and I was really smitten. I really liked this man. Mm -hmm. And he had recently told me at the time that she and I were talking it's just not working out. And I thought, you know, I know a lot about breakups. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> My own personal experiences. And the experience of others. And I decided uh-huh. that would be my second book. Let me write about breakups and just really be as honest as possible about why people break up with each other mm-hmm. well that was good that was I'm, I'm so glad that you did that and you know because we need that book and a whole whole we need a 
whole bunch of books because it's something about that breakup thing that's always going to have a have the, the vapors attached to it. You know that song? Uh, I don't even know the name of the song. I watched television till television went off. I never forgot that part of the song. I can't even think of what the name of it was, but it's just this one thing about that song. But anyway, now Deborah, this is something that, that, that really touched me. You walked away. We were talking about passion here. You... You walked away from practicing law to write your first book, Love Addicted, which is one woman's spiritual journey through emotional dependency. Tell us why writing this book was so important to you that, you know, that, you know, it was that important that you, you actually walked away from a law practice, from practicing law. You know, sometimes something tugs at you, and it won't loose you until you do it. Mm-hmm. And although I loved going to law school, I went four years at night while I worked a full-time job, and I, I just loved learning, and I loved the, the experience of being in law school, the discussions and, and the challenge, but Practicing law was not my forte. Mm -hmm. I did a bit of workers' comp for three and a half years, and I actually did domestic violence law. I worked with battered women, and I had done that for six years in the criminal um, justice system before I became a lawyer. And then when I became a lawyer, I worked for a battered women's shelter, and I worked to represent women in the court, you know, in the courtroom um, against their abusers. Uh, But it just was, I loved working with the women, and and that's another story at another time why I left that. But workers' comp, no, not so much. (laughs) It was Uh to pay the bills. It helped me buy the car and the house and all of that. Um, But there was this voice, there was this, there was this, desire to add my story to this conversation that we are not having around love addiction. Mm -hmm. It's not a popular conversation, but love addiction is just as real as addiction to cocaine, addiction to alcohol. It's just as real and just as painful. That is so true. That's why that's my next question. What are the signs of being love addicted? I mean, do you go through like withdrawal, like the person leaves the room and you got to have them? Or, or you know, and, and I, I, I've experienced that feeling, but I'd like to know what are the, the, the signs of being love addicted? Unfortunately, for, for anyone who'd like to get the book, at the back of the book, Love Addicted, there are 40 questions to ask yourself to see if you are addicted mm-hmm. to relationships. But I want to talk about what well, the let me just say this real, me. Let me say this real quick. That is great. If you have 40 questions in the back of that book, you know, to let a person know, and I guess if you answer a certain amount of them, yes, then that's a good sign that you may be love addicted. Yes, that's absolutely. Wonderful. That's wonderful. You don't have to answer all of them. But mm-hmm. 
love you, that. You know. Love that. And, 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 some, and, you know, tomorrow we secretly know things that we won't admit because we don't want to make a decision about them. That's true. So I would tell you what the signs were before I even heard of Love Addicts Anonymous. <laughs> oh, right, right. And well, I'll, you have they, a mortgage. I'll tell you personally what I experienced. Okay. Right. Well, Deborah, let me just say this. You have a smorgasbord of books, and we have about three minutes before the next commercial. So I want you to tell us what, because you were. I cut you off when you were saying what you wanted to talk about. Please tell us. About the symptoms, mm-hmm. signs of being a love addict? Well, uh-huh. I just want to tell you, you know, usually the root of it, and it was with me, was that I didn't get enough love as a child. And so I had this difficult, challenging relationship with my father. He was abusive physically, emotionally, psychologically, and economically. He stopped giving me lunch money and bus fare when I was 14. So I was basically on my own, right? Mm -hmm. I lived in this house, but if I was going to continue school, if I was going to eat, then I had to find a way. And that deficit in love for my father created what some people call father hunger. Mm. I went into the world as I matured, became a young woman. I went into the world looking for love, as they say, in all the wrong places. We are born to love. We are love ourselves. And so if we're not getting or didn't get as children that love, we will look for it. Now, some people might shoot up drugs, some people might get addicted to alcohol, shopping, eating. My drug of choice, drug of choice happened to be men and relationships. And so that set the stage for it. And it showed up with me getting into one relationship after another. And even when I was in a relationship, I was terrified of intimacy, terrified of letting that person see me. And I, because I suffered from abandonment issues, the least sign that he might leave me, I would leave. Hmm. That's so many people's story. It really is. That is, you know, I love the way you just broke that down for us. And you covered so many areas with that. And that is in your book, Love Addicted, correct? Yes. That book is available. Tell us where that's available so when we go to this commercial, they can maybe start trying to get that now. There are two ways. You can go to Amazon. It's anywhere. I mean, my book is sold in India. I know there's only websites in India. (laughs) But you can go to Amazon.com and order a hard copy. And uh, you can go to my website and get a signed copy. That's DeborahRicks.com. Okay, that's DeborahRicks.com, and they can get a signed copy there. That's, that's yes. great. Okay, Deborah, what we're going to do is we're going to take a commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to talk some more about how to mend this broken heart, you know, because a, a, mending a broken heart is really something that, um, I, for some reason, I'm really interested in it because I, I still haven't found quite the antidote where you can just mend it like right away. (laughs) So we're going to take a deep breath. And when we come back, we're going to dive back in it with Mr. Bora and Ricks. We'll be right back, y'all. 
Elevate your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com For many years, while employed as a Baltimore County 911 operator, Tamar Neal found herself as the only help available for the caller on the other end of the line. While people experienced life-changing emergencies until the first responders arrived, she received a national diploma in emergency medical dispatch and became a certified relationship expert and multi-award winning author. Her articles have appeared in respected magazines and newspapers, and she's been interviewed by national and local media outlets. Visit TamarNeal.com to purchase her books, find out where she is appearing next, and take advantage of a valuable free gift. Tamar is also available for public speaking and life coaching. You can also receive signed copies of Tamar's books that are available only at the website. Visit T-A-M-A-R-A-Neal.com for more information or call directly at 888-503-1575. Tamar Neal's books are also available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and most bookstores. That's TamarNeal.com or call 888-503-1575. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Tamar's Relationship Transformations. To reach Tamar Neal or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to relationships at tamarneal.com. That's T-A-M-A-R-A-Neal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. If you're just joining us, we are talking to Deborah M. Ricks, who is a self-love coach, book midwife, editor, and the author of three books. She walked away from the practice of law to write her first book, Love Addicted, One Woman's Spiritual Journey Through Emotional Dependency. All righty now. We're back. You still with us, Deborah? Absolutely. All right. Now, let me ask you this, because you talk about um, sacred contracts. What are sacred contracts? We make contracts before we enter this realm, before we're born, I believe, and we decide the people we will meet, the relationships we will have, whether that relationship will be deep or shallow. In other words, will it be a brief relationship with someone you see in the supermarket, Well, whether you will meet someone and with that person for 20 years and these relationships all of our relationships are sacred Uh, the Course in Miracles says that relationships are assignments so you are assigned to your husband your husband is assigned to you I have been assigned to people they have been assigned to me have you ever met somebody and they wanted to be really close to you or you wanted to be close to them, but it just never never happened. It could be a woman, it could be a man, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. You, it just wasn't a connection there. It just didn't stick. There yes, was no I sacred have. contract there mm-hmm. to really have anything more than that brief meeting. 
And there are people, though, that we meet, and we try our best to get away from them. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, but yet, because we have a sacred contract with that person to learn something, to give them something, for them to give us something, to grow, to evolve, to expand, until we have fulfilled that, then we'll be drawn to that person. Ah, so that's why people are drawn sometimes to people when they're in relationships that are not actually working towards their highest good. Now, is there a flip side to that where um, if a person say that that contract is up and, you know, all of the signs are there that the relationship is no longer there and you continue to stay in that relationship is you you said something about the course of miracles what do you have to take the course over and over again until you finally get it or how does how does that work well the course of miracles is like a bible to many people and it's a book and us and you study it and people study it their whole life mm-hmm. so it's not something you do and you're done with um what I say about a relationship that you're in and it has really expired, right? Mm-hmm. It becomes really chaotic. It, all, it may be abusive already, but it really gets so toxic that you know the universe is telling you it is time to let go and to move on. And the reason that we don't is out of fear and a lack of self-love, Let's say that the relationship is not even abusive, but you know that it's time to move on. Maybe you just grew apart. Maybe it's now the relationship is flat, what I call flatlined, mm-hmm. and you know it's time. And, it, and this can happen with any kind of relationship. I've had sister friends that the relationship ran its term, and we, we just parted ways. And so if you're in a relationship, let's say a woman's in a relationship with a man, and I, I can speak about myself. I was in a relationship with a man, and uh, we started out as friends, and then it, uh, I, I'm using the word matured, uh-huh. <laughs> which surprises me, but it turned into a intimate, physically intimate relationship, and for four years, I was involved with him, four years on that intimate level, and we were friends prior to that for about two years. And I tried my best to, to end that relationship more than once. And I would, I would leave, and then I would go back. I would leave. I mean, sometimes I would leave for months and go mm. back. And doing that relationship, I remember one time I was talking to him on the phone, and he told me that he did not want to uh, talk to me anymore at that moment because every mm-hmm. time he talked to me, he said I was complaining. And he was right. What I was doing was I was making him responsible for my happiness and wholeness. Mm-hmm. And so I would, what well, you're not doing this, and I'm not getting this, and I don't, you don't give me enough this and enough that. And when I hung up the phone, I said to God, I said, God, you have got to teach me how to love myself. 
You have got to teach me how to love me. And I've been on the path for a good while of doing a lot of spiritual work, and I've studied lots of spiritual uh, principles and practices and, and, and traditions. And, but that prayer, that prayer was the beginning because God answered my prayer and told me to do inner child work. Uh-huh. And I started doing inner child work. And Wait, let me let me stop you. How do you do inner child work? You can go back and fin- you finish that. But how do we want to know how to do inner child work? I don't want to forget. I'm getting old. The boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, inner child work is, and I would encourage people. I would, you know, whenever I, I'm on a mission to to heal, I'm, I'm going to get every book and I'm going to listen to audios and go to get videos. But you can get stuff on, on Amazon, uh, Kindle books around that. But I have a, got a book or two around that, and I can't remember the titles at the moment. But essentially, inner child work is where you are tending to the wounded inner child. Mm-hmm. As I said earlier, my relationship with my father was... I mean, toxic, really. My father, I never believed he loved me when I was a child. I had five sisters, and it was clear that he adored them. But for whatever reason, I was that one that he just, he didn't, he didn't like. I, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, mm. you can't say that. Yes, I can. It was my experience. I had this relationship with my father who was very charming. He was a minister, handsome, gregarious. Everybody loved to be in the light of his smile. And yet, he just didn't, he wasn't feeling this child. When I was a child, he wasn't feeling me. So oh, I grew crazy. up with this hole in my heart, right? Mm-hmm. So I was, this, this wounded child needed to be tended to. And so some people say, Heal the child. I say care for the child. Uh, and, so and that how do you means care for the child? Going. So, so what yeah, you do, do you I would do say, you do? well, one exercise that I, I, I do is if I'm feeling anything, fear, pain, uh, loneliness, I will have a conversation with my child in my journal. So what I do is I write the word child, colon, and I'll say, I ask a question. Actually, I start with the adult. I write the word adult, and then I'll ask the child, so what's going on with you? And then I write the word child. It's like a script. And then she'll tell me, because what I'm doing is I'm accessing that part of me that normally is not tended to. See, we all are wounded. I love it. I love it. You know, we're walking around here, grown men, I've dated grown men who are like four-year-old boys. They're little boys still because they, are, they have been abandoned by their mothers. They didn't know their father. They got these issues but they, that, that they haven't addressed, that they haven't healed, that they haven't even haven't sat down. You have to sit down with the little child like she's an external child. Like, I'm a mother, and when my little girl cries, when she cried, who tended to her? I did. When she was afraid, who tended to her? I did. 
I wouldn't dare let her fall down and just say, well, do you, you know, just stand there. I'm, I'm, I'm right there. Right, right. And that's what we need to do with the inner child. Tend to her. Tend to him. Well, I love that exercise. Now, let me ask you this. What do you think of a grown man or a grown woman that will actually, at any given moment, just start talking like this kid and this character comes up every, not all the time, but every now and then, they'll, this, this kid will come out. What do you think, what, what's going on with that person? Are they nursing their inner child or is there a mental illness? What do you think that is? is that, would that be part of it? Well, I don't know the context enough. You know, I don't know enough about it because he could be playful. I mean, if it's playful. Right. It's a playful we child. Have it's a playful character. child. Is that mm-hmm. playful? No, playful. It is playful? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it may be nothing but him being, you know, just uh, playful. But if it's a person uh, like I dated a man who would sulk, you know, he would like, if, if we were having a challenge, Mm-hmm. Uh, he would just sulk. For days, I was like, well, what's going on, Bill? And it was the worst thing in the world. <laughs> because right, that's an issue. You know, you, right. You know, I was, hate to see a grown man cry. <laughs> and when a grown man, well, if I'm watching I, a movie I, or something, if a, a man, man starts cry? crying. No, well, I, I, if, are you there? Yeah. Can you if hear me? I'm watching a movie and a man starts crying, I mean, I get really upset. Tears roll all down my eyes. And it just, you know, because it's something about when a man cries, it's really bad. It's, and if a man screams, it really does something to me. Because, you know, you hear women scream a lot. But when you hear a man scream, I mean, I start running and everything. It's like, what in the world is going on? Anytime I hear a man screaming because they don't get in touch with their emotions like women do so but But they um, should but they should I can be with a man who cries today and as you know because I've done a lot of work and I want a man to cry I want him crying all the time you don't want a man crying all the time well let me say this (laughs) you know I I've had my share of relationships and I and and I feel like they've been my like uh, my lab- laboratory, you know, because mm-hmm. I've learned from my, about myself and about men as well. And I do a lot of informal research. I do it in the gym. I'll talk to men anywhere. I talk to men and women to understand them. And one of the things is that since I am the self-love coach, and the reason why um, I, 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 I gave myself that title is because it came to me Deborah, hold it. Hold that thought right there. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Deborah is going to finish that that uh, that thought, and she's going to talk to us about uh, her how to write a book, because we got to get to that, too, before the show is over. But hold that thought, Deborah. Be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. For many years, while employed as a Baltimore County 911 operator, Tamar Neal found herself as the only help available for the caller on the other end of the line. While people experienced life-changing emergencies until the first responders arrived, she received a national diploma in emergency medical dispatch. 
and became a certified relationship expert and multi-award winning author. Her articles have appeared in respected magazines and newspapers, and she's been interviewed by national and local media outlets. Visit TamarNeal.com to purchase her books, find out where she is appearing next, and take advantage of a valuable free gift. Tamar is also available for public speaking and life coaching. You can also receive signed copies of Tamar's books that are available only at the website. Visit T-A-M-A-R-A-Neal.com for more information or call directly at 888-503-1575. Tamar Neal's books are also available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and most bookstores. That's TamarNeal.com or call 888-503-1575. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Tamar's Relationship Transformations. To reach Tamar Neal or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to relationships at tamarneal.com. That's T-A-M-A-R-A neal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. If you are just joining us, we are talking to Deborah M. Ricks about sacred contracts, our smorgasbord of books, and so much more. But anyway, Deborah, I asked you to hold a thought um, mm-hmm. before we went to commercial. Can you please uh, remind our listeners of you know exactly what you were giving us just before we left? Well, self-love... Is the root of all good. When we're in abusive relationships, it's because we don't love ourselves. We don't love ourselves. And when I made the decision to do that work, the inner child work, and along with meditation and prayer and um, journaling, and and I, I, I ended that relationship... And I spent time learning how to love me, loving me in the way that I say I want a man to love me. And what happened was so beautiful to me is that there came a time when I was able to, am able to, attract men who treat me with respect tenderness, kindness, patience, my, my male friends, I don't, it doesn't matter. Male friends, intimate, that's, that's how men treat me today. Because that's I won't the only tolerate way to go, anything right? less than that, right? <laughs> right, you know, right. I love me. That's and right. And we teach people how to treat us based on how we treat us. That is so true. That is so true. And I think eventually, 
in life, even though some elderly people still go through abusive relationships. But I think eventually in life, we all get it that, you know, there's certain things that you, you just don't tolerate. I know when I turned 50, um, I it, it, it just became a normal part of life for me not to tolerate certain things in any part of my life. You, when you get a certain age, you just, you just, you know, you don't ask for respect. You give it and you demand it. So, um, but anyway, I want to ask about this. Um, okay. You're also, and you get a little bossy too. You know, when I turned 50, a lot of things happened, but that's another show. You know, you just start to do <laughs> yes, I'm going to throw it out there. Hey, check this out. Anyway, but um, okay. So you're also the founder of, and I love this, Sisters Gathering to Heal. Tell us about this annual gathering of women committed to healing their hearts, relationships, families, communities, and the world. Tell us about this. I love that you said they are committed to healing their hearts. Mm -hmm. That's precisely what this work is about for me, helping women and men heal Mm -hmm. their hearts. Because until our hearts are healed, we will keep attracting people who hurt us. Oh. And so Sisters Gathering Heal started back in 2012. This is our fifth year. And Spirit just told me to call women into Druid Hill Park and have them work to heal their relationships. And I thought Spirit was saying just with, you know, their partners with the men in their lives. And Spirit said, no, no. No, no, baby. I want you to help them heal their relationships, period. And the most important relationship is that relationship with self. And so what we do every July, the second Saturday in July, we gather in Druid Hill Park to to do healing work for 90 minutes from 7 a.m. until 8.30 a.m., And this year's thing tomorrow is finding your voice. Mm. And I got to tell you, and that is the core of a good relationship, a sane relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And here's something that a lot of people think about, perhaps, but don't think about. They think about when they hear the term, find your voice. Perhaps a lot of people think that means tell people the the stuff that's, you know, not so positive that they need to hear. You have mm-hmm. this difficult conversation because maybe they hurt your feelings, and so you're finding your voice, you're being vulnerable and transparent. Yes, that's true. But what I also would like women to hear is this, and I see this particularly with African-American women, the women I know best, because I am one, And that is, finding your voice is also being able to say to the man in your life, you know, I miss you. I miss hearing your voice. You know, I really love you. I really appreciate you. You, And I'm talking about, in other words, one reason that very often we withhold the good stuff, too. But wait a minute, let me just say this, because I'm an African-American woman. I'm married to my first boyfriend and my high school sweetheart. I had to kiss a few toads before I met my prince. But um, 
I'm very affectionate and I believe in holding hands and walking in the park. We, my, my husband and I, we hold hands in the car. We've been holding hands since we were children. People laugh at us when they see us because they say, I seen y'all, y'all was walking, holding hands. And if anybody has ever met my husband, the minute that I've had people meet him without meeting me and everybody says the same thing, your husband talks about you all day long. You know, he absolutely adores me. And my husband is, is not the tallest guy out there, but he's the tallest man that I know. And we always say wonderful things to each other. But we're running low on time on that note. I need Well, let me say this. That to, means you're doing something right. And I, I talk to and work with women who are working to be that woman in the relationship because if you listen to black men particularly, they have a lot to say about the other stuff that we can't talk about right now, but that black women don't shut their mouth if they don't, they're not sweet, and, you know. And I'm not saying this every black woman. We know mm-hmm. that because yeah, like if we hear, if we hear enough of that, see, mm-hmm. that's why I work with sisters. It's not because we're wrong, we're wounded, just like they are. Just like, and it's, it's not just racial, but because right, I work with Right, because I don't think it's with, racial. But it, because I work particularly, my, my audience at the moment African American women, mm-hmm. and 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 so that it it it, it, apply, it may apply elsewhere, and that's fine. Right, because the order God you're gave my to calling now at is the in moment. 142 countries, so you're talking to quite a few women right now. But right. I don't, well, I don't that's want this to go off without you telling us where to get these books. And oh, everything okay. Because we so, have we have one minute. <laughs> okay, so so you you can get. You can get all of my books. My last book, uh, most recent book, is called Write That Book, and that's for people who want to write a book. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a compact book that will uh, help you get unblocked, move from idea to action. And uh, you can get all of my books on Amazon. And you can, if you want a signed copy, go to my website, DeborahRicks.com, and you can get all three of my books there as well. Um, Love Addicted, Why Did He Break Up With Me, and uh, write that book. Okay, and Deborah, do they have to, could you spell your name and everything? Could you tell them, do they have to use that M when they're the uh, the initial M to get in contact with you? Now, if you, uh, you know, you follow me on, um, if you go, if on Twitter, I'm at Deborah, and Deborah is spelled D-E, capital B-O-R-A, Okay. And my last name is Ricks, R-I-C-K-S. So it's oh. at Deborah Ricks at Twitter. And on on uh, Facebook, you use the M. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us, Miss Ricks. And I want to thank everyone for joining us for another episode of Tomorrow's Relationship Transformations. We hope to see, well, we will see you next Wednesday or hear you on Voice America Empowerment Network at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Toodles. Thank you for tuning in to Tamar's Relationship Transformation. Please join host Tamar Neal again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you here again next week.